Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This episode is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered controls. This episode is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. If you're anything like me and you're just not a neurosurgeon with a steady hand, you probably neglect what's below the belt. Luckily, Manscaped has us covered. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Manscaping accents are finally a thing of the past. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code THPN, let me repeat, THPN at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Grit Per 60 podcast, play-in edition. Uh, my name is Connor Farrell, you can call me TC. I'm joined from across the house. Hey everyone, it's Brendan, also known as TCJ. And today we are previewing the Jets playing series with the Flames, and we have a special guest joining us to talk about this. Guest, please introduce yourself. <laughs> Brad Brood from Flames Unfiltered uh, Weekly Podcast, just like yours on the Hockey Podcast Network. Excited to be with you guys. It is uh, it's playoff hockey time. Yeah. So first, let's. Uh, where can they find you? Reach you? All that stuff. Um, you can find me at Flames Unfiltered on Twitter. Um, check out the podcast at the Hockey Podcast Network and FlamesUnfiltered.com. Um, yeah, those are the main spots. All right, so last episode we mostly did like a sort of season recap sort of deal, so I don't really think we need to go over the Jets too much, and plus we brought you on here to talk about the Flames. So um, for me, the first thing I wanted to ask about was obviously last year the Flames uh, were a lot better than they were this year, and um, I want I wanted to know to me or from you, what was the biggest difference between uh, this year and last year for Calgary? Oh, I mean, last year, you pretty much, if you would write a script on how you wanted things to go up until the drop of the puck for the playoffs, um, it was pretty much a storybook season for the Flames. Not many injuries, um, scoring from your top six, um, 
fairly good defense and uh, um, fairly good goaltending, but it seemed like on an daily basis it didn't matter all that much because we were putting up four goals. Now, the start of this season, which seems weird saying this season since we're, I feel like we're starting a whole new one here now, but um, it's pretty much been disaster from the drop of the puck with um, the Bill Peters craziness, the TJ Brody scare, injuries to Hammock and Giordano, um, invisible first line. Um, yeah, it hasn't been a good year in Calgary. Uh, went into the pause on a little bit of an up note and uh, hopefully they can carry that um, into the playoffs now. Yeah, so um, for me, one of the more noticeable things was Johnny Goudreau going from 99 points last year to just 58. He had his lowest shooting percentage uh, of his career, only 18 goals, his lowest since uh, the 2016-17 season. Um, just from your perspective, what was going on with that? You know, I've been probably Johnny Goudreau's biggest critic um he's a frustrating player he can be very dynamic he's very speedy but he has to be on the top of his game to produce and in the last two years it seems like well not I shouldn't I shouldn't say last year it's in this last season and the playoffs of the season before um he looked I don't know disinterested would be a word that uh sadly would come to mind um very ineffective um shies away from um difficult situations and that scares me going into a series with Winnipeg that um, I feel is going to be extremely extremely physical yes yeah, so uh, how do you feel about the way the flames match up with the Jets um, it scares me uh, I think the nod would definitely go to Winnipeg and goaltending um, where the flames maybe have a little secret there though would be if Hellebuck does struggle I think you guys would be probably in the hurt bag um, a little more with your backup situation Um, maybe I'm overstepping my bounds there but I think uh, that would be a scary situation as a Jets fan Um, for the Flames um, we're not we don't even know who we're going to be starting in game one um, which sounds like a horrible thing but may actually be a blessing is if one of them does struggle we have what I would consider, you know, a 1A, 1B, where you guys are kind of a 1A um, alone and not a 1A at all. It's a 1 and a 2. Um, so I'd give you guys the nod in goaltending, but there could be some changes as the series goes there. Defensively, I would probably give the nod to Calgary, but, boy, I have a ton of respect for what um, a decimated decor that the Winnipeg Jets had and have worked magic this year, and it's been – Amazing to see how good that they have done on defense. And as the forwards go, I would hands down give it to Winnipeg. I think you guys are much deeper um, and much stronger on the wings than uh, the Calgary Flames are. See, did you have something? Kind of. So I was just thinking, you know, the, the one the one player that has, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the one player that has Stanley Cup experience is um, Milan Lucic. Uh, and he struggled a bit in, in Edmonton. What, what is, is there anything that you've seen with him in Calgary that has either been different from what has he showed in, in Edmonton or something that he might be able to bring to this, um, this series? You know, he's probably, probably been a little bit more effective in Calgary than he was in Edmonton, but not much. Um, 
what he will bring to this series that will help um, will be his physicalness. Um, the Calgary was beaten up pretty badly in the Colorado series last year, and uh, Lucic will bring a physical presence that the Calgary Flames need. Um, and he'll also bring um, experience. I mean, he's been through the Stanley Cups, uh, playoffs, long runs, winning a cup. Um, so that experience will, will help with a, with a Flames group that, really doesn't have a whole lot of players experience and what experience they do wasn't a lot of success. So those are the two things that he brings to the table. But if the flames are going to depend on him as being a game changer, we're, we're in big trouble. That's a good point. Good point. So who, who do you think would be a game changer in, in this series for the flames? You know what? And I'm going to throw this question back at you when I get done answering, but I think that um, Elias Lindholm is probably um, a guy we need to have going. And number one, I mean, I think everybody will say this, and, and if we're talking to any team that's going in the playoffs, you have to have good goaltending. So those are the two biggest things. Um, when you look at the Calgary Flames roster, like who do you – this is a discussion I had last week on, on one of my shows. Who do, who do the Jets fear in Calgary? Is there anybody – I mean, I know it's been down year for Johnny Goudreau, but I feel like saying that you're not afraid of Johnny Goudreau is not the greatest idea. Who? I, I mean, so the way I tend to look at things, if we assume they go first line against first line, all right, let's say those are a wash. I don't know if the, the Jets have much of a counter for Matthew Kachuk, Michael Backlund, and, and uh, Mangiapane. Um, I think we're going to see Mangiapane – and Backlund and Kachuk against your first line. Okay. Well, then that, that, that scares that's me even right. more because I'm assuming that we've, we've got Josh Morrissey and uh, Dylan DeMello playing with the first line. So I, just the Jets' defensive depth, just like I don't know who you've got on the back end there to slow down that other line, whoever's not playing against the Jets' top line, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. So Mangiapane, I think – would stand out, but if he's playing against maybe if he's playing against Dylan DeMello, who's a defenseman, Dylan DeMello or uh, Josh Morrissey, then maybe I mean then that leaves Johnny Gaudreau pretty much in Monahan and Lindholm. Like any one of those three could be very dangerous. Uh, well, plus, you know Matthew Kachuk is always an X factor to me. So uh, I'm not. It's it, you know it's, he's one of those players where everybody but the Flames hates him. You know. You know, he's just such a pest, and he's just a big headache to deal with, and I'm not really looking forward to it. Well, I, I'm predicting he'll be in top form, too. Uh, after a long layoff, I, I, I know he's ready to uh, to get back. Uh, talking to the Flames media today, he was uh, um, disgusted. He's sick of losing, and he, uh, he wants to go on a run. So um, Kachuk would be a guy that would, would scare me, but he's not that guy that's going to break a game wide open. Um, I worry as a Flames um, fan about, you know, Patrick Liney. I worry about Shifley and, and Wheeler and the strength up front and, and guys like Kyle Connor who often get looked, you know, aside by many in the NHL and he's probably one of the top 10 better, best players in the league. So there's so many different things and so many things to worry about uh, up front for the Jets in my mind that uh, gives you guys definitely the nod on offense in my mind. Yeah, I think Shifley is probably the big X factor for Winnipeg in this series. But, yeah, I feel like the Jets 
they do have a lot of firepower on the wings. Like they're very, they're pretty deep, but the problem is that their center depth is just awful. Like I've said this to Connor multiple times, but like there's a reason why every year they keep looking for another second line center. And this year they decided the second line center they're going to go out and, and acquire was Cody Eakin. Like, I don't think you can be a Stanley Cup contender with Cody Eakin as your second line center. And I still think that someone like Blake Wheeler or Andrew Kopp is more uh, equipped for that role. Yeah, I think we're gonna, some, Oh, sorry, continue. I think we're going to see a good series from Andrew Kopp. I do. And for the, I, I was going to say, for the Jets to be successful, I think Andrew Kopp has to step up and play uh, either the as, as good as we've seen him play or a little bit better. Um, and but the I, other player, I, I think, we would, just because we have that void in, in the center spot to, to sort of fill, the other player I would see that would want to see step up is Jack Roslovic because he's, you know, he's that other guy on the wing kind of young, really started to grow into with the, the team into that forward core as the season went on. Um, and I think if, if, if he takes another step, maybe if we have the confidence to play him on the first line, maybe we can slot Blake Wheeler as it's that second line center, as he's had to do in parts of this season and looked pretty good doing. Um, those are just my thoughts. I do see where your guys are coming from, though, when you're depending on Andrew Kopp to have a good series up the middle. Um, that that would scare me also because he is a younger player that doesn't have a lot of playoff, um, you know, history and stuff. So it's the same as you know for the Flames. If we're going to have to depend on, um, you know, Maja Pani and Dylan Dubé to to lead the way, um, that's definitely a fear. Are they all capable of having good series and, and being that uh, breakout player? Yeah, I believe all all three of those guys that we talked about are. But uh, yeah, going in, you want to you definitely want to have your big guns like Monahan, Gaudreau, Shifley, and Wheeler clicking, or otherwise uh, success is going to be difficult. Well, I want to go back to what you were saying about the Jets' defense because. From our perspective, like, I know that they have had to put up with a lot when it comes to departures and, you know, like the sudden sort of retirement from Dustin Bufflin. But I don't think that quite excuses just how bad their defense was this year. Like, yes, like Connor Hellebuck is really good this year, but I think one of the reasons why he's such like a Vezina favorite is that the Jets' defense was so bad that it made him look really, really good. See, I don't know. Maybe I'm being naive on this one, but I think when you look on paper, your defense looks horrible, but they actually weren't that bad this year numbers-wise. I which, which numbers are you looking at? Well, I mean, like... No, I mean, you don't have guys that are going to put up numbers for you, believe me, but... okay. I mean, did you guys think that after losing all those guys that you would be sitting where you're at in the standings at the end of the year? Probably not, but I feel like a lot of that is because Wayne Halbuck was just on another level this year. I don't know. I, I'm always, I'm always one of those guys. It's like, it seems like every time I look at a roster and I and it looks good on paper, and and this is you know. Calgary a few years ago, I looked at it uh, on paper and I'm like, this looks like a really good hockey team. And then they ended up not being, and you see that a lot of times. And I looked at your defensive core this year and I was like, Oh man, this is scary. Um, 
but you found ways. You guys seem to find ways to win hockey games. Well, and I think for, for Brennan and myself, we look a lot at of um, like advanced metrics and we look at expected goals for and expected goals allowed. And the Jets are near the bottom as far as, or as far, maybe near the bottom isn't the way to word it, but they're one of the worst teams as far as how many goals they're expected to allow. Um, and a lot of that has to do with who they've got as their, you know, on their defensive roster. Um, but fortunately, they do have Connor Halbach behind them, who has been able to sort of step up and uh, so. Con- so can Connor Halbach lead the way in the playoffs for you guys? That's that's it- the big question because and, and, you know if we were if we were asking this in April, I would have said yes. But the fact that there's been such a layoff, I don't know if you can look at the regular season and how good Connor Halbach was and feel comfortable with relying on Connor Halbach again. And goaltending, I think, is the one variable that is even probably the one that's even harder to predict when you have, you know, 70 days off like we've had. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard to say. I think Hellebuck's definitely capable of it, but I think it's going to be a crapshoot for, for all 24 teams on what kind of goaltending they're going to get and um, what teams can get up to speed the quickest. Well, does that make you feel more comfortable with your goaltending situation then? Because I'm not – I'm not worried about my goaltending, to be honest with you. I'm not, I mean, I'm not, I'm not worried about him being horrendous. I'm more worried about us putting up points, putting, I'm worried about us getting the puck in the net. Well, well, like, I, like, like I, like I was, I had a conversation with earlier, someone earlier today. And if, if we're seeing a lot of the Shifley, Kyle Connor, Blake Wheeler line, um, they're very good at putting pucks in the net, but they're also, not very good at keeping pucks out of their own net. So if they're on the ice a lot and they're on the ice against the Flames top players, somebody scoring, it might be the Jets, it might be the Flames. So I don't know, I don't know well, if that makes you a little bit more confident in the Flames' ability to score. Um, that does make me feel a little better. But because <laughs> you know what? The Jets are one team that I always turn on and watch on TV simply because it's usually, usually going to be. Um, kind of entertain run and gun hockey and and that can work in your favor and it can can bite you in the ass but um you know at least you guys if you guys are going to play run and gun it's a little bit easier to play run and gun with what's arguably the best goaltender in the national hockey league behind you and i I think just to, to if we needed any more layers of uncertainty um the other thing i think is interesting about this matchup is the I think it was there was only one game between the two teams this entire yep. season, Here and the Flames had a different coach. Yep. Was so there's classic. Yep. Yep. That was. And I, I knew. That, I knew that was one. I didn't know. I couldn't. For some reason, I thought there might have been another one no. somewhere else. It's, it's a we weird were, thing where uh, neither team played each other at their home arena. Yeah. No, we were scheduled to play in. I think the next game after when the pause hit was against the Jets, and I think we played you guys three of the next. 10 games that were remaining or eight games yeah. that were remaining were against it's, Winnipeg. You know, NHL scheduling just makes sense, huh? Yeah. Um, so I'm just thinking that's just a whole other layer of uncertainty that we probably don't need at this point. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, okay, are these teams going to be familiar with each other too much? You know, what, what kind of films are they looking at and all that? That's, that's, yeah, I don't know if there's a question that, at the end of this thought. Be tough. But, you, know, you, know, you know what really kind of upsets me about this series? That if you had, if you handed me a sheet of paper and said, "All right, 
I want you to write down the series that you'd be the most excited for, for the Flames to play. I, the Jets would be in my top five. And I think if this series was going on and we didn't have the hub cities and things like that, and we could play it in Calgary and Winnipeg, this would be off the charts. It would be unbelievable in both cities. It would be amazing. We got the the sea of red versus the whiteout. It would be, and I just know the fans in Winnipeg, and I definitely know the fans in Calgary. It would be, it would be top notch. It sucks that we're getting robbed of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I know the fans in Winnipeg can be very, you know, loud and into the game, but it hasn't really shown up on the results this season so far. So I don't know how much of an effect on the actual game it would have for the Jets. Um, it, it doesn't seem to matter if they're home or away. I find it funny that we're doing this interview and uh, yeah, <laughs> I sound more confident about the Jets and you guys sound more confident <laughs> about the Flames. And I don't know if that's just both because we're – we're scared to death about the outcome of this series. It's really tabbed as probably one of the marquee series of the playoffs and, and one that could go literally either way. Um, <laughs> we just don't want to look stupid next week when we're teams down two to nothing, or I don't know what it is. Yeah. It's, I think it's mostly that uh, we kind of got, we're having like flashbacks to the regular season where you just kind of spend the whole game watching Connor Hellebuck make like 35 saves at night and like hoping that like Mark Shifley will score on every other shot he takes. Well, I hope I hope Calgary gets a lot of shots on Netter because I I do worry offensively about Calgary. But um, like you you guys even brought it to light even more for me. Uh, we do have a bright spot. Is it Winnipeg does uh, struggle a little bit uh, keeping uh, shots down? Um, but and I guess the other thing too is you know I, I have been negative, or we Brennan and I both have been negative um, about how Winnipeg plays a lot of times. Um, but right before that break, they did start to look a bit, a little bit more secure with the way they play. And a lot of that has to do with Dylan DeMello bringing in, they brought in at the trade deadline, getting used to being around the team and playing around the team. So maybe, I don't know if Dylan DeMello changes that team completely, but I, I do think it, it'll be interesting to see how that works coming out of this break because they were trending up a little bit and now suddenly they've had I guess a training camp so maybe he'll look more in place maybe he'll look less in place I don't know well Connor you're also uh, forgetting about Cody Eakins PDO of over 110 so there's that Um, too well like you know, like people like to point out, and I think it was five games that he played. He has got like eight points, um, but some of them were just because he plays with Line a and um, Ellers, and like had some bounces where he's just been like, "Oh yeah, there's the puck, there's the net." Whoa! Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at a daily faceoff, and like they have their like rankings for every position. Yeah. Like they ranked uh, Cody Eakin. Adam Lowry and Nick Shore as the 114th center, 149th center, and the 122nd center. So I know those hmm. rankings aren't gospel by any means, but that's just kind of a hmm. – that should tell you something about the Jets' center depth. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to argue that with you, but, I mean, you have a guy that's in the top 30. I don't – I have 130 as Backland. If you go off those rankings, I mean – 
Yeah. And you can take those for what they're worth. But um, quite honestly, I think Cody Eakin was a, a hell of a pickup for you guys. And I think his experience is going to pay dividends for you guys in the playoffs. Hopefully this one doesn't end with a, uh, a bad five minute major. So. Yeah. No, I'm with you there, but. Uh... So we talked about our trade deadline pickups. I believe the flames also made a couple of moves at the, at the deadline as well. You know, they were uh, pretty, pretty small moves to most what people thought, but it ended up being super important in the fact that they got Derek Forbert and Eric Gustafson, both uh, defensemen that have had to, uh, had to step in now with Hamannick out of the picture and yeah. uh, both will be in the top six for the, will likely be in the top six Gustafson for sure. In my mind, uh, Forbert probably I would say will be in the top six um, when, when playoffs hit uh, next Saturday night and both uh, a little bit different styles. Gustafson more of an offensive minded defenseman where Forbert's your, uh, your strong stay at home guy. And um, both will be really critical to uh, how the flames, uh, do on the back end. I feel like there are a thousand different like Eric Gustafsons in the league. Like, ever, like not not that there are players like him. There are players named Eric Gustafson uh, in the league, and they're all just kind of like there. I don't know if that makes any sense. But they're not like they're not special players. Yeah, no, I don't think they'll Calgary's... float around a different team. I don't know. Maybe that's just. I don't think Calgary is looking for him to be special. I think they're. Um, I think if if we just don't have to say the name Forbert or Gustafson, we're probably going to be in good shape. And I'm not saying that I don't trust them or I think they're going to be problems. I just I think what the Flames are looking for out of them is just to make sure they're stable, strong, and keep the puck out of the net. And I and I honestly believe that. And, that, and that's playoff hockey. I feel like the 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 more intense the games get, the shorter the bench becomes very quickly. Um, Gustafson is going to be power play, is going to be, you know, on the blue line for the power power play number one for the Flames. So, oh boy. Yeah, but I mean, like, I feel like if you can get, you know, ten decent minutes at five on five out of your bottom pairing in the playoffs, that's a pretty decent sign. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Do you have like a? Do you have like anything else you wanted to bring up about the Flames here? Uh, you know, this is probably well one of the I guess as a for the Flames. I think the most important thing is um, that we're happy that we can finally uh, get back to hockey. And and the most important thing with that is there was so many unanswered questions going into this off season with free agency and what we're going to do with this core group. Um, it's really going to be. Um, a way to make your final grades on whether Gaudreau um, stays in the mix, what happens with Monaghan, uh, where we go with uh, goaltending with Talbot being a, an unrestricted free agent. Um, we have tons of, I mean, Forbert, Gustafson, Brody, Hamannick are all UFAs at the end of the year. So we're going to have to sign a few of those. So this will help dictate where we go with that. And just, I think a lot of questions will get answered Um with the playoffs and, and hopefully it's a, a longer run than last year in the playoffs, but uh, I guess that'll be determined uh, starting next Saturday night. Yeah. So to us, like we've kind of we've spent most of the season just talking about how bad the jets are besides like Connor Hellbuck and some nice no, goal scores every once in a while. No, we also talk but, about how good uh, Nick Ellers is. Okay. That too. But Kyle Connor. Anyway, I scores a bunch. 
I bring that up because we, we kind of, well, we were talking about this earlier, but uh, we kind of feel like it's sort of like playing with house money at this point, right? Like, I don't personally, I don't really think that the Jets would have made the playoffs, like a normal playoffs um, without, you know, COVID and everything. But, you know, now they have a shot at, you know, at least like a playoff run or whatever we're calling this at this point. I feel like they've gone back and forth or whatever this not, whether or not this counts as the playoffs. Yeah, I believe it's officially the postseason, but I swear that they've gone back and forth on that. But anyway, so they've got a shot at the playoffs. And, you know, when I feel like they might not have deserved it. And even if they lose in the first round, right, like they've got a 12 and a half, 11.5% chance at Lafreniere. So, like, there's nothing really to lose here. Well, <laughs> this will determine what uh, direction both these two franchises go. Um, I mean, Winnipeg was picked. I think three years ago by the Hockey News to win the Stanley Cup next year. And uh, I think your team's trending upward with a few key acquisitions and a few tweaks here and there. Um, I think the Jets are headed in the right direction. Um, The Calgary Flames, uh, if they can get by the Jets now, um, can start to maybe build in the right direction. If not, there's a lot of roster uncertainty, which we just talked about, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how all that shakes out and uh, what's going to be abbreviated offseason. I think slotting, if we could slot – uh, Lafreniere into this Jets roster that would be a lot of fun next season um, yeah, but it wouldn't be fun in three years when you can't afford to pay one of your good guys we'll, 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 we'll worry about that until we get to it yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We'll, we'll figure something out alright uh, what's, your, what's your prediction I'm Winnipeg and four Winnipeg and four interesting uh, I believe my official one is Winnipeg and five Mostly because I'm not really confident in either team, so we'll go. We'll go with five and, and Winnipeg. See, I was also going to pick Winnipeg and five. So at least we're in agreement about Winnipeg. That's uh, I don't know. I think it should be an interesting series. I think it's going to be a pretty physical kind of gritty, low scoring. I, I really think that some of these early games, um, they're going to be ugly, like. From what I've seen with like some of the soccer leagues coming back, and I guess maybe a little bit with baseball, is that th- these games could could be ugly and not necessarily the uh, most appealing brand of hockey. I don't know. I, I'm I'm interested to see. It's really unknown. I mean, there's going to be so many differences playing inside the bubble, and uh, um, I worry about without the fans there if that's going to lose some of the intensity, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the prize at the end is the same, and uh, I know the players know that, so I'm assuming the emotions will be will be strong. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm super pumped to have hockey back. I think it's going to be game one so, so, so important, and uh, we'll see what happens. But I think it's going to be a, a hard-fought physical series, that's for sure. All right, Brad, uh, where can people reach you? Uh, check me out on flamesunfiltered.com, uh, Twitter, at Brad Brood. Um, yeah, those are the main spots. All right. Um, also, just in general, follow the Hockey Podcast Network and all the people on there. You can find us on Twitter at or sorry, that's me. Follow us on Twitter at Grid for Sixty Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at bfarrell seven two seven and Connor on Twitter at tc underscore nine zero four. And once again, remember follow all of our friends at the Hockey Podcast Network. And thanks, Brad, for joining us. 
yeah, it's always fun talking hockey with you guys. All righty, y'all. Um, thanks for listening and have a good one. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.